attendance. Let's go please God and we're praying. Oh, righteous Heavenly Father, hallowed be your great and amazing name. We praise you and we love you and we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity this morning to worship you, to sing songs of praise under your name, to think of you, to meditate on your, your word and your very existence and the very existence that you granted to us. Thank you for this opportunity. And please bless us as we worship you this morning, praying that our worship will and has been pleasing and acceptable in your sight. These things we ask and pray in that wonderful name of Jesus Christ would be thy will. Amen. This morning's subject is from an acronym. You've heard of it many times before, AMBER ALERT. And the AMBER stands for missing, American Missing Broadcast Emergency Response. And the acronym was created as a legacy to nine-year-old Amber Hagerman, who was kidnapped while riding her bicycle in Arlington, Texas, and then brutally murdered. And the goal of an Amber Alert is to instantly galvanize the community to assist in the search and the safe recovery of missing children or a missing child. This morning I wondered, uh, what happens in your heart? when you hear that dreadful amber signal on your phone or your, your device, your television, what happens to your heart? Is it this immediate response where you have this mindset to react and you want to try to find a way to identify this individual that's missing? What does your heart feel like? Does your heart pound inside, wondering what's going on, but you know it's something bad. You set your heart, your heart on high alert. You know, I'm looking now, where's that child? Right? You know, we all respond in different ways to the Amber Alert. We think about it, we say, there is a missing child. Something has to be done. How can I help? There's an Amber Alert in the New Testament. I want to grab it really quickly just to kind of set up this idea, this thought, uh, this morning. A child was missing. Luke chapter 2, please, in verse 41. Jesus was gone. And his parents used to go to Jerusalem every year at the feast, the Passover. And when he became 12, they went up there according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning, after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, and his parents were unaware of it. But supposed him to be in the caravan, and when a day's journey, they began looking for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And I assume that at this moment, Mary and Joseph at that time, if he's still around, had this eerie feeling within, within their hearts. <laughs> Where's our child? And they couldn't find Jesus. And the Bible says they looked for three days. 
they finally found him. And in verse 45 it says, And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem looking for him. And verse 46 says it was about three days. If this were in our days, there would be an amber alert. You hear the sound. It would be on your devices signaling across America that Jesus is missing. And there would be some description of the child and where he was last seen. And our hearts would begin to race. And we'd have that feeling like, what can I do? How can I help? And then that feeling of relief when you receive the message that says the child has been found. And you can finally take a deep breath and go, Today, Brother James and I would like to sound a different type of Amber Alert. One that I hope resonates in your heart the same as the actual Amber Alert that comes on our devices. One that causes you to say, I have to look around. What can I do? How can I be useful in this situation? We're sounding a spiritual Amber Alert. Because there are some missing children of God. For the Lord's sake, we are asking the church to focus for the next about five months from now to December on this spiritual amber alert. This is phase one out of our congregational meetings. To search for missing children of God that you grew up with, that you live next door to, around somewhere in your neighborhood who are not here. And the question this morning is, will we all collectively join together as God's people to go and seek after those missing children of God. And I have no clue as to what drew them away. I'm going to James chapter 5. And that really doesn't matter, does it? But as you look around this auditorium, you look and you ask yourself, you know, I remember when we had the old pews and I sat somewhere in this area that brother or sister so-and-so was right here and they're no longer here. We walk throughout the community and we, and we see our brothers and sisters in our community and they're not here. When you look at the picture board and you say, hey, where's the picture that I remember from brother or sister so-and-so? They're not here. When you think about camp, all those were with you at camp and then you come to worship today years later and find that they're not here. There's an amber alert. We might call this personal outreach in a generic way looking and searching for the children of God. That's the entire plan. It's a personal, a personal outreach. This is an opportunity to reach out to our formal, former members of this body of believers to personally express our genuine love for them and to show them that we care and are concerned. And we want to offer to them uh, some kind of spiritual guidance if necessary. We want to help to resolve some unresolved issues if possible. We want to even apologize where necessary to show sympathy, to be active listeners, to be non-judgmental in our attitude. We just want God's people to come home. God wants His people to come home. We don't know how or what happened, but we know that Satan was involved. 
And today we're calling for you to help in this fight to win back lost souls. To win back those who have gone astray. And there's an incentive. And the incentive is, is really, it comes from out, out of our Bible class. It's, it's a part of the lesson. And I thought, hey, this is a great Bible class this morning for our incentive. And the incentive is found in James 5 and verse 19. And it says, My brethren, if any among you strays from the truth and one turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. What's the incentive? Souls. Life. To save those who walked away from Jesus. Souls. Eternal life. We had congregational meetings, and I want you to know, current church, that, that your, your, your input and your assistance was not in vain. I was told that this is too soon and we should wait. Bad timing in the summer. But church, if we don't begin, when will we ever begin? Right? If we don't begin, when will we ever start? So we're going to begin. And we're asking you to participate and to help us in this journey. So here's the plan for this idea, this theme, this thought of an amber alert. Searching and seeking and searching for those who have walked away from Jesus. For whatever the reason may be. We need your prayers. That's the first part. We can do nothing in life without Jesus. We can never do anything in life without, without prayer. Always remember to pray for everything. In this particular instance, we're asking you to pray regularly for the spiritual well-being and reconnection with former members. Maybe you have looked around this morning, I hope, and you thought about someone or, or some people or some family who are not here. I ask you to pray about that. Pray for that family. Tell others about that family so we can all pray for that family and for this particular work that we're trying to accomplish in Jesus. And we're asking the congregation to pray individually for them, for their return. And we're also saying, hey, let's pray collectively for them, for their return. Number one, prayer. And you might say this morning, as I look around the auditorium, I'm new to this congregation, and so I really don't know those who are far back whom we're speaking of. Well, you could be a part of Barnabas, if you will. And that means encouragers. Can we all be encouragers to one another? If you don't have a history, you can encourage someone who does have a history to find the courage, to muster up the desire to seek and save those who have walked away from Jesus. And then ensure that when those members who have gone astray return, that we ensure that we have a welcoming attitude and that this is a welcoming atmosphere and that we regularly follow up with them just to stay engaged with them and help them to know how important they have been and how important they are. What a, what a blessing to know that someone's searching after you. Remember Joseph? Remember when Joseph found out that... Uh, his father didn't know. His father didn't know what his brothers had done. And his father thought that he had died. That, that moment of relief in the mind and the heart of Joseph as he listened to his brothers expound on what they had done and how they hid it from their father. 
And what, what an amazing joy it must be when our members who've gone astray realize that we've been thinking about them and praying for them and that we're actively seeking them out. Help to energize the congregation. Help to re-energize the congregation. Out of our, um, our congregational meeting, there, uh, one of the lists was a, a contact group. And, and I'll be contacting you, by the way. Uh, we will, from the office, contact you regarding uh, this particular opportunity. There's a list that's generated uh, for members. We're going to contact them. But this isn't just for the contact team. But let me ask you, if this, if this morning you say, I want to be a part of the contact team, it's a very specific uh, uh, job on the contact team. We would love to have you join us. But collectively, individually as a congregation, everyone's on the contact team to make an in-person visit. Uh, and I know social media is a big thing. That whatever it is, we just need to make contact with our brethren who have gone astray. But the contact team will make calls from a generated list of those you may know and those that maybe you will not know. But just to try to make a contact or a connection with them to encourage them to come back. It's kind of like what we did during COVID where we had wellness checks and we just called all the members. You remember receiving a call just to see how you're doing. And that was really important to us. There is a script that has been generated. And that script that has been generated is, um, it's filled. And it's not meant to be read, but rather it's their ideas. And so it's, it's a matter of finding an idea that might help you as you communicate with individuals. So someone who might say, I don't know what to say. Well, the script has a lot of things that you can say. You pick and choose. Some of the things on the script only apply to some families, such as with children. And other parts of the script apply to those who have no children. And so, again, it's, it's a bunch of uh, sentences and thoughts and paragraphs that might help you in your conversation. And then tracking. Help the office to keep track. We're trying to keep track of the generated list. We want to make sure that, that this effort is not one where we're picking and choosing, but rather we're, we're doing, a, 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 if you will, um, a major gloss over where we're contacting every person on the list. And we're asking you to help us with their response when you speak with them. 1 Corinthians, please, chapter, chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So this is, has been uh, mentioned to you in the bulletin in times past as an article this morning to remind you of it uh, in this particular setting. And then today I'm speaking to you about this very thought. Reaching the members who have walked away from Jesus who just need help. Now here's what's important. One person cannot do it all. But everybody can do something. So this morning, the appeal is that everyone does something. Right? Don't sit back and say, well, you know, the contact team has this covered, so I don't have to worry about this. And those who want to be Barnabas, they've got that covered. And then those who just want to pray, they've got that covered. No, everyone, please participate in something. Do something. What are we talking about? We're talking about souls, church. We're talking about souls. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 
Beginning, if you will, at verse 6. Again, this is not for one person, but it's for all of us. Everybody, everyone can do something. The text says in verse 6, I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. And we know the answer to everything is, it's all God, right? It's all God, but we have to do our part. So whether I'm planting or watering, whether I'm encouraging, whether I'm making calls, whatever it is I'm doing, I'm appealing to God and asking God to cause the success of bringing back. And you say, well, well preacher, how many folks do you think will get back with this, this particular mission, this plan? Church, if we just get one, isn't it worth it to you? One soul. At least that's what Jesus said. We'll talk about that tonight. What then is Apollos? And what is Paul? They're both servants, right? Servants through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. So then, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. But each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. It's all about God, right? Luke chapter 15. A part of this plan, I ask you to mark your calendars for September the 23rd. Because on September the 23rd, we're going to have a welcome back event. The welcome back event is something that is for all of us, the whole congregation, and those who have gone astray, who have returned back to the Lord. Notice what I said, it's for all of us, right? Think about that for just a moment. You ever, you know, in the military, we go off to uh, different uh, adventures. Maybe you've just gone on a vacation. You've been gone for a long time. Whatever it may be, there's something about coming home and people being at the airport waiting for you. Wow, right? So think about that, church. Think about September 23rd and, and our, our brethren who have gone astray come back on that night realizing that this event is for the whole congregation and they are part of it and we've got them, we have them in mind. And we're all there to say, brother, sister, welcome. Now I'm not saying that we're asking the brethren to come back on September 23rd. I'm saying we ask them to come back at the next scheduled event. Wednesday night, Bible study, Sunday morning worship. But mark your calendars for September 23rd. We'll have multiple follow-up activities as well. We just, we want them to be welcome, number one. Number two, we want them to feel a part. We're looking for people, by the way, on September 23rd to share in a, uh, a cultural idea if you're interested in helping in some way with that. More information will come. We want to be like the prodigal. You know, why did God tell us the, the account or give us the account about the prodigal son and about the father's response? Why did God give that to us? Why did God talk to us about that? The Bible says in verse 21, And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly bring out the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fattened calf, kill it and let us 
eat and be merry. For the son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. And they began to be merry. And here's the point of that account. The second part of that is, make sure that not one person in this congregation acts like the older brother. Y'all can say amen again to that one. Well, you know, they left. They don't. I'll be like David's men. You know, when David went off to war and he took some of his men and, and some of them stayed back with the supplies and they went off and God gave them the victory and then they came back and they said, you guys don't get anything but your wives and your children, but all the plunder belongs to us. And David said, oh no. They're just as important as you were. Every person is important to God. In verse 7, the text says, And I will tell you that in the same way there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Like I said earlier, if just one, if just one person comes back, church, there's joy in heaven. Let's join heaven in our joy. How important is the one? And then I'll ask it to you in this way. What if that one were you? You know, you say, well, you know, I don't know the church. I don't know that I can, if I can go back. You ever heard anyone say that to you? You ever heard anyone say, you know, I, I'd love to come back. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure if I'd be accepted. What? What's wrong with us if anyone would feel that way? I pray God no one says that to us. But if they do, let us help them and let us prove to them that they're not only self-accepted, but they're welcome and loved. John chapter 21. As a congregation, I appeal to you to follow the instructions of Jesus as he gave them to Peter. Jesus, in speaking to Peter in verse 15, says, the text says, So when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Tend my lambs. You know, take care of my people. And he said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord, you, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Take care of my people. Shepherd my sheep. And he said to him again a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I, I love you. And Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. And we could, we could look at this in a few ways. We could say, we could say the lambs are like, are like babes in Christ. We could say that. We could say the sheep are the more mature. We, we, could, we, could, say, we could say a lot of things about this text. But I'm, not, I'm not dealing necessarily with the text other than to say, you're being fed right now. You're being fed not just by the sermon, but 
You're being fed by brethren who are, who've loved you coming through the doors and we've loved each other and we've greeted one another and being fed by God, just, just being in the presence of God. Let's take what we've received and let's go out there in the streets and let's, let's feed somebody else. The success of this plan relies on a, a genuine desire to reconcile this, um, this spirit of, of love. And then we have to be authentic, right, in our commitment. Really authentic. It has to be purposeful or personal. You really want to meet the needs of others. Pray about that. This plan is successful only if we strive to build relationships with more than just our groups, if that makes sense. And restore trust and take time. It's going to take time. It's going to take patience. It's going to take, it's going to take effort. And when our brother or sister or family return, it's, it's really important to us that we're willing to give up our seats and then make sure that no one sits alone. It's going to be important to us to make them feel welcome, not just invited, if that makes sense. The re- rewards for us are significant. The rewards are amazing. Because church, what is it going to feel like when you think about it? in heaven to save one soul one at a time the question this morning is are you with us are we united on this as a church family the elders are asking you the preacher is asking you help us to help somebody else who's in need right now. This morning, we're sounding the Amber Alert. If we can help in any way this morning, if there are any that would like to come to God today to surrender in the waters of baptism, we ask that you would come forward. If special prayers are needed for your situation on your behalf, please make it known. This morning, there will be a, there's a little um, uh, sheet of paper out there on the, on the desk. Uh, about a half size of a normal page, reviewing this very thought this morning. If you have questions about the plan, just call the office. Call us. We're all on board. The office is on board. The elders are on board. But again, we can't do this without you. This is not me. This is we. And this is us. God bless you and thank you for your time. Please come while together we stand, if we can help in any way. Send the light. There are souls to rescue. There are souls to save. Send the light. Send the light. Send the light.